of the lens teacher. We do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast it into an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made consolation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let them now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and my, I may consume them, and of you. I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say? It was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the base of the earth. Turn from your fierce wrath. Change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind, about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
Tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves, <coughs> and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets, and invite everyone. 
another phase of his being when he died, and that he looked forward greatly to that next phase. Here and now, he said, he could only spend a little time with each of the people he cared about. But in the life to come, he didn't see any reason that he couldn't be with all the people that he cared about all the time. I think maybe Tom gets it, this thing about celebration and about the limitlessness of the kingdom. This is why, even while we grieve, every funeral is an Easter celebration. And we dress for it in white, surrounded by flowers and songs and loved ones. So again, I ask, is this talk of dressing for the kingdom about the kingdom on earth or the kingdom of heaven? And again, I say yes. Yes, both. Yes, because when we dress ourselves and our world for the kingdom of God here and now, we not only prepare ourselves for the kingdom to come, but we close the gap between material and spiritual worlds. We intermingle with the community of saints that has gone before. We commune with the resurrected and ascended Christ, with the King of the Kingdom, and with our truest selves, who were made to be beautifully dressed in God's love. And speaking of things that are beautifully dressed, I think this is the time of year that God gives us a visual reminder of the beauty of transition from one part of the kingdom to an even more brilliant part. The trees right now are dressed in such brilliant color. You can actually see it beautifully in this window now. You notice during the first part of our service, the red to the blue and purple. The other day as I drove back roads between Arlington and Concord, the colors and the floating rain leaves that drifted down the road and whipped across my path on the wind took my breath away. They brought me to tears, both because they were beautiful and because I found myself already grieving the loss of the leaves and the bareness of winter to come. I have come to believe that autumn is God's way of showing us of death. And once the trees are bare, we will see the beauty of light no longer blocked out by full branches. Another natural phenomenon that reminds us of the beauty of the kingdom and the light of eternity. So I don't think Jesus' parable is so much about wearing the wrong being thrown into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think it's about being clothed in the things of our Creator, the things of Christ, the things of the Spirit, so that we are ready when each day, in any given moment, and again at the end of our lives, we are thrown into the inner light where we can see and know and join in, not 
with weeping and gnashing of teeth, but with singing and dancing of
for Alan and Gail, our bishops, for Tony and Becky, our priests, for Rob, Maureen, Judy, and Janet, our priest associates, and for all bishops and other ministers. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation, we pray especially for Sheila, Kirstie, Pauline, Mike, Pamela, Sofa, Weston, Kathy and Jerry, Minnie, Phyllis, Julie and Mary, Sue, Janet, Butch, Tom, Pam, Bobby, Siggy, Lynn, Mary Jo, Dale, Lindsay's family, Ethel, Clary family, Jim and Sue, Harry, Wynn, Jim, Don, Ben, Robin, Michael, Amy, Spencer and Louisa, Kenneth, Olive, Sharon, Bishop Tom, Kathy, Eleanor, Reverend Stephen, Susan, Deborah, Jane, Edie, Liz. Those without jobs, those serving in the military, those working for peace, and all who suffer from violence in the Middle East, remembering especially the women and children who suffer so much. Are there others? Hear us, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We give thanks for Harriet Dan's 99th birthday tomorrow. Are there other thanksgivings? We will exalt you, O God, our King. We pray for all who have died. Remembering especially George Reichenbach. Are there others? Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. As Bishop Shaw nears the end of his earthly journey, we pray, loving God, your heart overflows with compassion for your whole creation. Pour out your spirit on all who live in illness for which there is no cure, as well as their families and loved ones. We especially commend to you our brother Tom. Deliver him from fear and pain. Strengthen those who walk with him. And at the last, receive him into the arms of your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us.